welcome to Heart of the Gaps Live, our first ever live podcast episode. Myself, Aaron Edwards, Andy Bannister, and yes. someone else quite special today, Andy. Who have we got today? We do have the uh, the very awesome David Stretton Downs, who is the brains behind Cedarwood Festival. It's great to be here, guys. It is great to have you And uh, we are here live at Cedarwood Festival. Which we are is live at Cedarwood Festival. We're on location. <laughs> on location. We have never done one of these live before. After this, we may not do one again. But um, <laughs> We've also well, never had a plane behind us. In, you know, in full view, which is quite wonderful. Yeah, yeah I think for those, for those who are just listening, we, we do have a plane. It's not taking off, so we're safe. Okay. That's the MAF plane. It is. What and if uh, someone says something really heretical? Can they just fly you, off? Or? You mean if they're winging that, it? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Oh, oh, it's, yeah. I, it's as though I set that up for you. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I'm quick. sorry. That was, it's just it's a prop. so quick. It's begun. Yeah, exactly. Begun. It that's has, right. It, yeah. it has so, so today what we are going to be talking about is, has Christianity lost its edge? Has Christianity lost its edge? This is something that those of you who are regular, I don't know, we've got like, how many, how, many, how many people have we got here live, Andy? Would you say 100,000? Oh, yeah, since ago. You're, 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 you're a Pentecostal, so you're conservative. Being very conservative there. Yeah, yeah that's right. We'll, see, we'll, we'll let the, we, the listeners' imaginations uh, work play out. out. But we've got a, a select audience. Yeah, but those, of, those who are listeners regularly on Part of the Gaps, we talk about the issues that plug the gaps between the church and the culture. We like to talk about the stuff that people don't often talk about, that churches need to be talking about more, uh, relating to contemporary culture. So we've got a lot, of, a lot of stuff we go through on the show regularly, and this is kind of a theme that we regularly return to, but we thought... While we're at Cedarwood, this would be a nice general theme to get into again. Has Christianity lost its edge in the West? We're facing all sorts of concerns today. We're facing all sorts of challenges to basic Christian beliefs, ethical beliefs, um, Christians just living by Scripture. How do we speak and live out our faith in Western culture when we see the challenges coming at us thick and fast, thicker and faster every single year um, in all sorts of different fora? So, um, Andy, what do you think? What do this I is think? All about. What's the problem? What's the I think problem? the problem Has, is... Am, are we right? Dangerous. Has Christianity Dangerous. lost Dangerous. its head? It's interesting because um, we had Andy Byers, who's from Ridley Hall in yes. Cambridge. He was talking yesterday, actually, at Cedarwood uh, in the main session from John's Gospel, and he was looking at how we relate modern-day culture yes. from John's Gospel and how John mm. can speak into that. So I'm really interested to hear to see where we go. How, we, how we go in this conversation as well. But Andy, yeah. sorry, kick us off. No, no, I think that's fine, David. And obviously, it's the first time we've had a, like a, you know, sort of a, a, a guest on the show, as it were. So you, and you're fine. We talk a lot. So and just, you started well by interrupting Andy. You're sure I generally come out with amazing thoughts and they were amazing until he interrupts me. Mm. But I think we're on to something because <laughs> one of the th- things I found fascinating for folks here who aren't familiar with Pod of the Gaps, when Pod of the Gaps got started, it was myself and Aaron and uh, another friend of ours at that point in history. We were having these like quite fun Zoom conversations about theology and culture and politics. And we crazily thought, well, let's just try a wee podcast and see whether anyone's interested. A wee uh, yeah, and we generally thought, I think we'd get like half a dozen people, realistically, and in the first few weeks we built an audience of about, there's about a thousand people now, yeah. track with the show, so wow, it's quite, awesome. it's quite actually quite frightening, actually, that people take this stuff yeah. uh, more seriously. But I think the issue for me, Aaron, on the fear thing, I think there's two angles to this I see. Firstly, the evangelist in me sees this in terms of evangelism. You know, I regularly have people say to me things like, you know, I would love to have the confidence to share my faith at work at, at yeah. school, at university, but I'm not, I'm afraid. And people and people are silent. Uh, in fact, uh, my friend uh, J. John, some of you may have heard of J. John, quite another well-known evangelist, mm-hmm. he has this line where he says, you know, most Christians today are like Arctic rivers. They have, mm. they have frozen mouths. Mm. And that's a very common phenomenon. I don't say that to guilt trip people, mm. just I think people are, I'm, I'm afraid. What would happen if I stand up and talk about my faith at work? Yes. What What is going to happen? What are the implications mm. for my career, uh, for all kinds of things? It's the first thing. And then, on the other hand, in terms of contemporary culture, there are so many big issues out there. There are issues around uh, big ethical challenges. Think of the abortion discussion, which is kicked off again because of what's happened with Roe versus Wade. 
But I know a lot of Christians who are terrified. You even put your head above the parapet and go, yeah. well, I've got some questions here. Boom, I'll get the Twitter yeah, bomb yeah. on me. The transgender yeah. discussion, which has become so toxic so in culture. And I think Christians, are, a lot of Christians are afraid of doing that. You get some who, who do wade into it badly, but I think most Christians default to, uh, to silence. And then a whole range of issues uh, across across the board. Another one, actually, I would add to that little be environmentalism. Oh, yeah. I had a, a friend say to me the other day, he's a scientist, who's like, who said, look, I believe there are massive environmental challenges, but I don't believe all the, the mainstream narrative, but I wouldn't dare mm. ask, uh, yeah. ask a question. And then lastly, in recent memory, um, there's been um, some of the sort of political uh, issues going on in, on in our culture. So around sort of free speech and the ability to yeah. say what you think. I've got a friend of mine who's a professor at St. Andrews University, who's Christian, who said that, you know, on this issue in Scotland, particular issue they were talking about, he said, you know, all of my all of my colleagues at work, you know, think completely differently to me. I'm, I'm just not willing to talk about this issue because I'll just get shut down and cancelled and, and whatever. Yeah. And so I think, and then, and then this morning, which sets the scene for this, for Aaron or David jump in. I was reading um, Book of Acts this morning, where it was where I'd got to in my Bible in the Year thing. You know, Acts chapter four, that amazing little scene where, if you think about the Book of Acts, Acts chapter two, day of Pentecost, dramatic stuff happens. Acts chapter three, we have that lovely scene at the, at the temple gate where uh, where there's the healing of the beggar, mm-hmm. and then this causes all kinds of you know discussion and, and action. The crowds get interested, mm-hmm. and of course the authorities swoop in, you know, grab the apostles, they grab Peter and a couple of the others, and say, right, you've got to stop got to stop preaching in this name of Jesus, guys. You know, just just cool it down. And then they release them and they immediately go back and carry on. And the authorities arrest them again and say, hey, I thought we told you stop preaching in this name. Yeah. And they're like, no, 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 we've got to listen to God, man, not to, not to, not to you. And I found myself thinking, man, okay, would we do that today? Because we've lived through an era where there's been cost-free Christianity, largely in the West. We're yeah. moving into a time where I think there may be more of a cost. Mm-hmm. Yep. And there's a challenge, and I'm not, I'm not, trust me, I'm not sitting here going, well, I've got it sorted out, everybody else has to wise yeah, up. Yeah. I think all of us are going to have to face that question, and yeah. I worry if we're quite ready for that. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a challenge. So, David, anything to add on that? The, the, the kind of, does this, the, these sort of concerns concern you as well? 100%. I mean, Andy knows that, uh, you know, we, you know being, being an apologist as well, you know, we come across these um, challenging questions every day. And, uh, you know, I myself uh, also work, uh, work in business, and... It's it's such a huge thing these these questions in the workplace and I know mm. many of the listeners you know maybe people who are yep. uh, of all sectors people in 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 the ministry but also people who are um, at, at, in pulpits but also in all the all the different sectors so the mm. arts or, mm. or, or or business and so I think it's a huge thing I think one of the big things we talked about yesterday that, that could feed into it was, it was this whole piece on identity mm, where's yeah. our identity and are we allowing mm. our culture to define that yeah yeah, yeah. or and, and yep. going oh you know oh you just be you Andy. If you've looked in your, in your deep down self and you found something that makes you happy, then you just, you just let that be the solution. Bless you. Thank you for and, that. Um, <laughs> you know, that, that's obviously not going not gonna to last and it's not going to be able to help you in certain mm-hmm. times. Mm-hmm. And I think it's that whole piece of identity as to what are we, what are we, are we allowing culture to shape us? Are we mm-hmm. allowing scripture, what we're standing on, mm-hmm. to shape the way we interact with culture? Yeah. And it's a fine line. It's sensitive. Yeah. And I think that it's that whole piece of how do we communicate that? I've, I've speak with a lot of people who maybe are um, actually have the right opinion in my in my view, but actually they, they don't communicate it in the right way. Mm. And I think that's a whole a whole yeah, yeah. different um, yes. angle that you yeah. can have a great view on something, but communicating it is so important Absolutely. in the right way. So that's something we can maybe look at. Yeah, that's a good and, shout. And we all know people who um, have maybe communicated things in one way. And we're, we're, none of us are perfect, by the way. We've we've all made mistakes. Speak for yourself. Right, okay, yeah, sorry, yeah, Andy. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
you're uh, one of no, the. I meant Aaron. Sorry, <laughs> one of, uh, you're, you're one of the elect. Sorry, for that. Right. But, um, but yeah, it's um. So that's 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 I think something that we really yeah. get to dig deep on. Absolutely, that's great. No, well, I, I can tell you guys, you you know, you two are friends because you both use uh, the same terminology that someone said to me. Oh and Andy always says the word peace a lot. He says there's the whole something peace, there's something peace, there's something peace. And I yeah. heard you just did the peace as well. So who, who invented the peace thing? I don't know. We'll have to come back to that one. Well, it's, it's a good, like good a, piece of brownie it's right there. It's a lovely piece actually, of brownie. Yeah. Oh, on that note, should we crack can't. it open? Yeah, go on, crack, crack it open. open. This is Bobby's brownie. We're not actually spot this. Let's say that this particular moment is sponsored by Bobby's brownie. Sponsored by Bobby's brownies. I'm very happy as uh, well, one of the one of the team at Bobby's to uh, to, to share that. So, so did you actually oh. did you actually cook that brownie? I'm not. This is one of the things I I make very clear when we're talking about bobbies is that two 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 or three myths is that one or two myths. One, I did not make this brownie. Right. We have a great team of people to do that. And secondly, I'm nothing to do with bobbies, and I'm not called Bobby. So uh, this brownie has been made by someone else, but lovingly. And um, if you'd like to try some, enjoy. Love okay, to. I, I'll fantastic. take a little piece. So for listeners, take a little piece, yeah. for listeners at home who can't see the wonders of this, we'll put a little photo on, on the on the Twitter. And we did we did just hear audience participation there. But how do we pass this to about a hundred thousand people? I mean, yeah, that's I mean, going to be really hard. Well, maybe Andy can Fe- pray for us and, 5, 000, uh, and, and it can m- multiply. Just send it out. But, um, and it'll, it'll I'm just going to take a bit and then pass it around. So Excellent. Just be blessed. Mm. Uh, that's probably um, so two hundred calories you've just eaten there, Andy. Pieces you were you were talking about there before um before oh, yeah. the interrupted by brownie. God. Yeah, that's right. Oh, where, are the right. Scout, where are the scouts, by the way? Why is it just brownies? How do the brownies shout. get the marketing gig for this? <laughs> that's a good shout. There I do go. um, I do wonder about these dad jokes. Um, <laughs> and um, I, I now realise maybe why your other teammate left the podcast. Um, I'm just hoping it's going to be oh. still two by the end of. Uh... <laughs> that cuts steep, brother. That cuts who's, steep. Who's going to be off in the aeroplane <laughs> afterwards? That's right. Um, right. Anyway, I just realised why you don't. We don't normally eat brownies while we're doing a podcast because it's quite hard to. They are quite hard. Clear that, clear them out. But they're brownie. fantastic brownies. They're great. Enjoy. Oh. Just get that drink down you. Right. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, get back on thread, buddy. We're back on thread. Back, back on, thread. on um Back on the piece. So talk about that piece I was saying earlier. That piece, you know. Yes. Um, on the whole podcast piece. We're, so we're we're the challenges we're facing in the West. Obviously, there, there's a reason why the church is losing the identity or, or finding their identity and culture in the ways you were describing there, David. That for, for a long time, evangelical churches, because we're often the ones who want to reach culture with the gospel, we love cultural mm. engagement. We look at a festival like this, there's lots of evidence of cultural engagement. We're not talking about people here who've cut themselves off from culture. We want to be societally engaged. We want to be in friendships with people in the world. We want to be listening to music that's current. We want to yep. be watching movies. We want to be doing stuff that's mm. actually good and affirming the good stuff in the world. As we do that, as every missionary is facing in every generation of church history. You know, I teach mission <coughs> at Cliff College and okay. regularly try to point back to some of the different moments here in, in history where, where these contextual challenges have been faced, yeah. where we're saying, how do we bring the gospel to this culture? Mm-hmm. But it's a two-way street. There's two-way traffic that happens. Mm. When we open the doors and say, come in, other things come in <laughs> to the church, mm-hmm. which we don't want to come into the mm-hmm. church. And so that's why, in a way, that's why this podcast exists, because we've noticed for a while evangelical churches have not been talking mm. about X, Y, and Z, yep. because yeah. it almost there's been a kind of tactic to go, well, if we say that, we'll damage our gospel witness. Yes. If I talk about transgender or abortion or homosexuality, God forbid, then someone will say, I don't want to, I don't want to receive the gospel anymore. I don't want to even hear what you have to say, because I think of you as just a culture warrior, down a political trend or whatever yep. or, or you might or you were worried that we make the church into a political pulpit yep. and so there we sort of really means that we lose our the sharpness of our teeth when we're engaging with the stuff around us so when we're actually literally trying to engage people with the gospel we don't speak into the issues that actually really people really care about or are thinking about so we just say nothing and say let's just talk about the gospel in a very generic mm. way 
And, they, and we wonder why they're not turning up on a Sunday. Why aren't you coming to hear our message about the gospel? Because we haven't actually said, how does the gospel relate to all of life? How does it relate yeah. to all these other issues that you actually think about 24-7? Exactly. And I think one of the things that's interesting there, and I don't know, David, because as someone who also engages in thinking around this stuff, whether you've also noticed, I know Aaron and I have, because we've talked about this on previous episodes, is actually the, the sort of strange irony almost in that actually some of the people who are noticing this now, not within the church, but outside of the church, there are increasingly uh, voices. And the most, most recent one is, you know, is a controversial figure. And uh, But you take, so you take, say, Jordan Peterson just this last week, you know, yeah. put out that video on, you know, speaking to the ch- message to the churches. Yeah. Now, some of the stuff in there, I think, is like, yeah, Jordan, really? Other stuff, I'm like, actually, he's yeah. saying stuff that, mm. quite frankly, needs to be said. And, you know, a reminder of the fact that, again, in the scriptures, God quite merrily uses you know, voices from outside the church to be prophetic. Think of Cyrus uh, around the return of the exiles. Yeah. Uh, think of, again, just thinking the book of Acts, you know, a few chapters on from where I was, you yep. have Gamaliel, yep. who's the one who, you know, Jewish rabbi who stands up and goes, look, we need to let these guys get on with it because if God's in it, then we ain't stopping it. And if yep. he isn't in it, then it will fizzle out. Hmm. Um, and then you've had people like, uh, you know, around some of the around some of the issues around gender and feminism right now, I think it's really interesting to listen to secular Voices, you know, you think of Helen, you know, Kathleen Stark, Helen Joyce, uh, and others, uh, or Douglas Murray would be another one. Um, you know, who have been sort of saying, "Well, where, where are the, where's the church yeah. speaking up yeah. on this issue?" But I think you put your, your finger partly though on it, Aaron. That I think it always has come out initially out of a well-meaning intention to build those bridges to culture. Um, but the danger is in building bridges to culture if you're not careful you can end up wanting to be liked. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting, we saw this in Muslim yeah. missions because my academic expertise is, is Islam. And there's been a danger with some approaches in missiology to Islam mm-hmm. that you're so keen to build bridges, yeah. you don't raise the issues around the Quran. Yeah. You don't raise yeah. the issues around, around Muhammad. Like, oh gosh, how do I raise that? I, yeah. I, I prioritize the friendship. And while prioritizing, while friendship is crucial, yeah. we're absolutely called to love yeah. even those who are our enemies, yeah. let alone just those who think differently to us. Yeah. Jesus never shied back from from challenge. Yeah. You know, yeah. you think of that encounter with a woman at the well, the Samaritan woman. You know, he's quite you know, he's quite willing to say, you know what, there's a, there's an yeah. issue here. I think one of the big things, Andy, is is this word offence. Yeah, yeah. In in, in our culture yes. these days, this whole word offence, where people, I mean, I hear it every day. Oh, don't this might offend you, or oh, I've been offended by that. You see it on the media, you see it on Twitter, a lot. <laughs> You've offended me, or whatever. I just think. As Christians, I mean, personally, I don't. The, the only thing I'm offended by really is when, you know, Christ's name is taken in vain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Apart from that, there's nothing really can offend us. I don't think should offend us. Um, and I think people have their opinions. I believe certain things. You know, we don't need to talk about all the people, but you know, the, the kind of the clear thing of Ben Shapiro: facts don't care about your feelings. Opinions are free. We, we know yeah. that's the case. But I think it's so important that we are able to have those conversations, but actually in love yes. and not shy away from them. And you know, with the, the Muslim friends that you're talking about, Andy, yeah, if they if they really care, then actually you'll be you, yeah. you know you want to be real with them, don't you? But in a way, it's that whole yes. thing of in a way the way the right way to converse that. And so, uh, I yeah. think that's a huge thing. That we need well, to that piece around. is interesting, but just very quickly on that to go. That I remember, piece, right? No, that I remember, piece, nice piece. Yeah, yeah, all that piece. Sorry. Very good. Very early on in in some of my engagement with Muslims, you know, finding actually that I would have these quite, you know outwardly would be quite heated discussions. But actually, it's the, they would look heated to the outside, but the inside, inside that discussion yeah. would be my Muslim friend 
you know, believes that Islam is the way and that yeah. Christianity is false, and he doesn't want me to go to hell. And I actually deeply appreciate yeah. that. I actually yeah. appreciate him feeling he needs to share the Quran and Muhammad yeah. with me. And actually, I would hope that he would say the same and going, yeah, I know, I disagree with Andy, but I know the reason that Andy is is pushing on there's the gospel. There's a mutual heart. Is there's a mutual heart yeah. for each other. And actually, as there, was a, there was a funny moment early on in my encounters where I used to go to Speaker's Corner in London and do, and do evangelism there with a friend of mine called mm-hmm. Jay Smith. Mm-hmm. And Jay um, does a lot, is quite, quite well known as a Christian who debates Muslims. Mm-hmm. And there was a famous moment where, where um, Jay was having this uh, quite heated discussion with this Egyptian I can imagine. Muslim. Yeah, well, it was a very passionate discussion on both sides. This... Uh, Gentleman wanders up that we knew well. He was there most weekends at Speaker's Corner. Um, lapsed Catholic, vague atheist, Irish guy in his seventies. Wanders up and he'd had two or three titties because he, you know, looked at Jay and looked at this other guy and said, "Why well, you guys? You know, you're always always fighting about religion. You know, why do you hate each other so? Just you know, it's all a load of rubbish." And the Muslim stops in mid-flow, looks at the atheist guy, and then puts his arm around Jay's shoulder and goes, "Mr. Smith and I, we both believe in God." You do not. Mr. Smith and I both believe in prophets. You do not. Mr. Smith and I both believe in the life hereafter. You do not. He, Mr. Smith is my friend. You are not. Shut up and go away. <laughs> now, I wouldn't have quite ended it the way he did, but it was interesting that, that the Muslim guy yeah, had not no. interpreted yeah. Jay's passion yeah. as hatred. He'd interpreted yeah. Yeah, yeah. it as friendship, and yeah, we were yeah. talking about Absolutely. issues of truth. Yeah. But as, we, as we've just, you've just nailed it there, and it's that foundation of friendship, it's that foundation of understanding the heart of which it's coming yes. from. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, as Christians, Christ followers, we need to be very clear in our communication that it is from that heart of love. We yeah. actually deeply care for Absolutely. these people. And that, that is, you know, we heard from Jonathan um, Conraith talking this, this morning, tone has a huge thing, huge. isn't it? Tone. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You know, we can say, come on, do you want to be a Christian? Yeah. Or do you want to know about Jesus? In, in, a, in a way that is not... Yeah. Um, not endearing to actually the level yes. of what what that the the, the gravitas of what Absolutely, the topic is, yeah. is, is going on. So that is so important, yeah. and and that's something that I think a lot of people miss out on. And, and you know, none of us are perfect, and yeah. we often get that wrong. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was just going to bring up Jonathan, actually, Jonathan Conrath, who's mm-hmm. speaking here at Cedarwood, and wonderful message we had. I had him at, at Cliff College earlier this mm-hmm. year on, on the MA, and it was really wonderful to hear his stories of faith. And he, he he's got all these amazing. You know, we're used to hearing miracle stories. In Uganda, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or, or the you know India, or but these are UK, aren't and he's like, yeah. he said, God called him a few years ago to come and start, you know, either Mission Twenty Four might have already been going or he mm-hmm. started here, but Mission Twenty Four is a great organisation to sort of look up because he's you're seeing amazing miracles happen, yeah. uh, the, the kind of work of the Spirit moving, and he's got a wonderful blend of the charismatic, the kind of signs and wonders. And a really solid evangelical gospel heartedness, yep. which you don't always it's very get. Rare. You get it's the prosperity rare. guys who are like, yep. come and have miracles, and then I'll fly off in my jet. Which I've got, yep. David's got his jet here, of course, to fly off and yes. afterwards. No, well, not well, quite a jet. Uh, You're working on it. You know, one seater guy. There'll be, uh, there'll be a yes. cedarwood uh, yep. jet one day. Who knows? But, it's but then, powered by rubber bands, by the way. <laughs> the cedarwood plane. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's also it. brownies as well. Yeah, exactly, brownies. Yeah. But but like, so you've got those. But all you've got the evangelicals who are really solid on doctrine, but they never really take risks. They they know the right answers, but they don't ask the right questions or yeah. they're not giving the answers to the right questions and they can't engage in the right way yeah exactly you know? the right way they yeah. haven't got the tone thing yeah. but you've got this wonderful blend in, in his ministry I saw today yeah. which is really That's what so. we're all after yeah. which is to see that faith and boldness in action that doesn't yeah. treat the gospel like a, just an option no. said, uh, is mm-hmm. it an option between a different you know, soft drink you might have yeah. or a different brownie you might yeah. choose it's actually no this is like existentially yeah. the most important thing yeah. I could possibly tell you the most important news in the world why aren't I why am I not speaking about it like that um, and, yeah. that, and so I think even pushing that, so he yeah. said, you know, some of the stories you hear, mm, yeah. which we, we, we love to hear, and these aren't new. He's not a, 
a one-off. He's someone who's... years yeah, that's been going on. But and, no, yeah. not just that. He's in, he's in the lineage yeah. of missionaries who've yeah, been doing exactly. this. How, yeah. Why are we here yeah. sitting on hay bales, or you guys sitting on hay bales, we're on some nice wooden crates, actually. Why are we here in the north and east of England? How did the gospel get here? Yeah. It got here because a lot of people took a lot of risks, were very exactly, bold, yeah. and walked out yeah. in the power of the Spirit and saw amazing <laughs> things happen. And we're sat on, on uh, you know, in an area, we're about uh, two miles from Durham Cathedral, where, you know, there's been so yes, much, absolutely. So the depth, yes, the depth yeah. of uh, history yeah. uh, from yeah. decades, well, but hundreds of years, but also decades of gospel work, mm. um, you know, done in, in gatherings. Mm. This is one of the first kind of in the last 10 years that's mm. kind of sprung up here. Mm. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's so important. It's so important. And mm. uh, so... Yeah. So as we explore this a, a bit more, I wonder two things would be interesting to think about. One would be to try and diagnose what's happened, perhaps a little bit, and talk about mm. that. But then also talk about what the solution yeah. is and some ways out of this. I mean, to, to begin with the first, I wonder whether one thing that's, that's, that's happened, there are others, uh, is that one thing I've noticed was, was when I was a kid, when I was a young Christian, I mean, I turned 50 this year, so I'm an old fogey, uh, very, very old fogey. Um, Great, I didn't realize you were 50. Yeah, oh. thanks, mate, for that. I'm, he's he's going to look down on you now. Yeah, he well, thought he was 60, didn't you? But he's right, actually exactly. younger than he looks. So, wow. Well, your beard ages you. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> when I was a young Christian yeah. in the 80s, there was definitely far more in the church circles I moved in, far more of a sense that you would um, you would do a lot more of the reading of sort of biographies of Christians in the past. Yep. You know, as a young Christian, I grew up on things like Cross and the Switchblade, yep. David Wilkerson, yep. yeah, yeah. or, you know, Corrie Ten Boom, No mm -hmm. Hiding Place. And these were exciting mission stories. I've just got this sense, and maybe, unless it's just the church circles I'm moving, there is less of that today. We're, we're historically yeah. a bit more shallow. Mm -hmm. And to go, you know, yeah, the, 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 the scriptures are obviously what we stand on. Yeah. But there's also that bit, you know, where, where it says in Hebrews about us being surrounded by that cloud of witnesses. Mm. There is something about getting that missionary DNA into you. Go, yep. my word, you know, if if yeah, um, you know, if Corrie Ten Boom did it, if if David Wilkinson did it, if if you know, this got Hudson yeah, Taylor yeah. and this stuff. And so we love doing this with our kids, actually. And we found with our kids, they love missionary stories. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I think we've forgotten some of this, and I wonder if that's one thing. Mm. Um, mm. You know, you lose those examples. We all need examples. Absolutely. We know it in sport. We know it in other things. Yeah. You know, heroes inspire us yeah, yeah. and as long as you know the heroes are feet of clay by the way but yeah. still we we there's something about we've lost christian heroics absolutely yeah, yeah. Well, we're, and we're in an anti-heroic age anyway so that's another way that as david mentioned earlier our identity and the things that we believe are being affected by the culture so because we're in a culture which even weird actually paradoxically we we, we idolize celebrities so we kind of almost mm. they become the heroes but celebrities are very different to heroes in a heroic culture a hero has certain um characteristics and virtues they're supposed to live up to yep. they're supposed to embody the, the good life the, the way you're supposed to live now all you have to do is get famous for something completely arbitrary trending or something uh, on, be on, on a tv on, program on a tv so program for doing something stupid and then bang yeah not. and then and then suddenly what you say matters and yeah. will be reported yeah. that's that's crazy you just have to earn your yeah. your corn as it were you have to earn the right for someone to care about what you have to say and, yeah. and the virtues uh, in your life and so i think we do need to look back in history and yeah. go where are the examples we should follow? Paul says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Yeah. We want to, to honour those who've come before us and those who are here before us as well and, and say, what lives are worthy of imitation? Yeah. So that's why, and I think we've lost the heart yeah. now, haven't we? Yeah. Um, totally. By the way, I'm just conscious to say that those uh, of the 100,000-ish gathered uh, here on the hay bales, um, feel free to be gathering your questions. We want to hear some questions. So, from and we'll short while, we'll do some so We'll do some. So just be forming those in your mind, anything yeah. on these kind of general topics, and or then, just if you want to ask about you know, Andy's puns, where, where do they come from? How does he come up with them so daddily? Or so, da so rapidly. Yeah, rapidly. Or, or David's flip-flops. David's flip-flops. Today, today, there's two of the same colour. Uh, normally, I mix and match. 
with different colours. Um, but uh, I, I knew you were wearing a yellow t-shirt, exactly. so we, I thought I'd done, go with the yellow. We've done pretty well. No flip-flopping um, here. Yeah, no yeah. flip-flopping there. <laughs> oh, look at it. But, um, so, Hello, everybody. This is Andy Bannister, just briefly interrupting this week's special live episode with an appeal for your help. You know, if you are a regular Pod of the Gaps listener, if you find the conversations that Aaron and I have each episode, if you find that they equip you and resource you and engage you and stretch you and stimulate you and help you think about how your Christian faith applies in today's complex world, then I'd love to invite you to help us to keep the show going and growing. There are three ways that you could help us really simply. Firstly, we'd love you to tell other people about the show. It's great that we have you know, over a thousand people now listening to each episode, but we'd love to reach more. Please do tell friends, colleagues, your pastor, others that you know about Part of the Gaps and introduce them to the show. Secondly, please consider leaving us a review. If you go to whichever podcast provider you've used, uh, iTunes or Spotify, wherever it is, usually there's a way you can rate or review uh, a podcast. And that really extends the reach of that podcast. The algorithms that power you know, the podcast providers you know, draw on things like those reviews. So please do consider review, reviewing the show. It would really help us. And then thirdly, we'd love to consider inviting you, if you're not already doing this, to get behind the show by supporting us with a small regular donation. There's a link in the show notes with this episode to our Patreon page where you can sign up for as little as a, a pound or two a month. Uh, you can give more if you like, but small donations are fine. And that helps cover the costs of uh, running and producing part of the gaps. And as a thank you, we, are, we will sometimes produce additional content exclusively for subscribers. So, for example, this live episode, we actually recorded it in video as well as audio. So if you, were, if you are a supporter of Pod of the Gaps there on the Patreon site, you can watch this episode and see what it's actually like, you know, in glorious Technicolor when, uh, when we get together. Anyway, thank you for your time and uh, really appreciate you listening and uh, really appreciate if you can help us by spreading the word, giving us a review or supporting us uh, financially. Without further ado, back to this week's episode. About the fact we've lost the, um, you know, we've forgotten history. Um, another thing I wonder... I also wonder whether, but it's very challenging to raise this when I'm looking at delicious box of brownies in front of me and all the ones loose around. Exactly. To go, is there also a degree to which we, and I don't very deliberately say we, because it's very easy to frame that as if, well, it's not a problem for me, it's a problem for others, whereas I think it's a problem for all of us, we have just become a little bit too comfortable. We live in this very comfortable society. And we like to think we're above it. But, you know, we love the fact we have our Netflix. We love the fact that we have, you know, we can order our groceries from the soup, from the supermarket or Amazon Prime, and it's and everything is so easy and so convenient. Yeah. And in that context, you know, it's not just that we find, you know, Luke Nine, take up your cross and follow me, challenging. We've just edited it out. We just don't think, we don't think about that. It never even crosses our minds mm. that we might be forced to lay something down oh, yeah. for Christ. And so I am so challenged mm. when you hear the stories of Christians. You know who are persecuted for their faith. You know, I mean, we love organisations like uh, you know Barnabas Fund and others and Open Doors who do yeah. that, who do that work. But it's almost like we we bracket that off, even when we support those organisations. Yeah. We're well, over here, but it's, that's not something we're yeah, yeah, yeah. called to do. Yeah. And it's I just, very distant, isn't it? it feels it's very, very, very hard. And, uh, and I remember yeah. somebody once saying to me, uh, "Well, I was trying to a friend of mine telling me the story that they'd been uh, they'd been talking to um, to a Middle Eastern Christian." And that context of the the, the, the conversation, they, they'd said to this Middle Eastern pastor, oh, you know, you have my sympathy, it must be really tough. 
living, you know, being where you are, and I think it was Pakistan, to which the pastor looked at him and went, well, actually, quite frankly, you have my sympathy. He said, because the greatest challenge facing Christians in the East is persecution. Yeah. The greatest challenge facing comfort. Christians in the West yeah. is, uh, is is comfort and seduction, and was apathy. the word he's by the culture. Yeah. And he said, I know which is the most dangerous. And he said, give me a choice of living in Pakistan or the UK. I would choose Pakistan. Yeah. And my friend was blown away yeah. because he expected the categories to be yeah. the other yeah. way around. Yeah. And it's actually why, again, why we, we're not tapping into the source of power that gives us our edge. So we say, has Christianity lost its edge? Just because we've got uncomfortable, because we've said, right, we've, because we've seen such success, we've got cathedrals sitting there in our midst. So, yeah, we've done the whole Christian yeah. thing, which I don't know if those listening here even, the kind of people, the amount of times you speak to someone who's not a Christian and they think they understand Christianity. Yeah. They have no idea, but they think they've been in some way, it's, they've almost been inoculated to Christianity because it's surrounded them in, in vague vestiges of history. Yeah. But we haven't got people living it on the front line. That's kind of down to us. It's down to us as the church yeah. to give Christianity its edge by literally tapping into the role of the, the Spirit to, to and, and kind, of, kind of empower us in our faith. Because you, you mentioned Acts 4 earlier. I did. They're facing incredible persecution. They've already seen amazing stuff happen. Thousands got saved at Pentecost. Then they face opposition. And, and you see them praying for yep. boldness. Yep. Why does the early church have to pray for boldness? Because it's like, it, it doesn't, you have to keep going back again. You have to keep re-praying yep. and go, God, give yeah. me faith. It's not, give me one, boldness. it's not one of prayer. Yeah. You can't just go, oh, yeah. I did it once. I was bold 10 no. years ago. And you've got no. to keep asking for prayer and keep communing with mm. God. Exactly. And, and, step and out. We, were, we were, you know, we'd, at the festival here, we've just had 14 baptisms. Oh, that was, la- that was amazing uh, this morning. Which has been totally unplanned. And, you know, 14 people came, well, one, one or two people came forward and then the 12 joined us which was amazing um, but you know as we've said in, in, in that statement just because you're baptised yes it's a milestone but it's, it's a continuous journey yes. and we need to be revisiting that all the time yeah, don't we yeah. revisiting that challenge of okay what is the call what is the cross that I'm picking yeah. up here and uh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's critical and I think it would be interesting Aaron to hear a bit more of an angle from your perspective I, I work in the kind of business world yeah. and um, yeah, yeah. And, and, and obviously your background at the moment is working in academia yeah. and, and preparing people for ministry from what yeah. I've understood what, what's it like in your world uh, in terms of this this kind of culture um, in terms of these questions of you know sometimes I've I've kind of understood when I've done study of my own it's kind of it can be a very much a bubble yes. that you're in it and like you kind of oh it's a different world out there mm. you know we're talking about China and North Korea being a different yeah, world yeah, yeah. but what about actually being in an institution and going oh well actually Outside of that, that's a different world. We'll just yes. deal with the stuff in my academia world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, how does that? How does that? Yeah, yeah it's uh, a really good work? question. And it was a very good question, David. Uh, despite the fact that the audio cut out for a bit. Um, and I think uh, the word academia, the word academic, when we use it as a kind of adjective in colloquial speech, it's almost like you use it as like something that's pointless. It's like. Well, that, that question is just that, that, that anything else is academic. And like, as an academic, I'm like, so you mean meaningless? Completely <laughs> pointless. Grounding Doesn't make any difference to anyone's life. And I understand that because as an academic, I feel, I feel called to be an academic almost accidentally um, as a kind of missionary voice within academia because I can see so many people. I hear a book title coming on by the way. I was oh, thinking that's accidental your, that's academic. Accidental Whoa, academic. That's your autobiography. The, the accidental af- uh, academic. Like, that, there we go. That's a nice one. I like there that. We go. Sorry good. to jump in. But no, it's fine. You can write it forward. It just came to me and I thought I had to share it. Yeah, yeah. that's it. By the spirit. Like one... That's love. I like it. He'd buy it. <laughs> Jordan, Jordan buy it. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, so that's the thing. I think you, know, you need to have a vision for why the academic world matters. I mean, basically, theology used to run the, run the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, university system in the West yep. was set up because of theology as the queen of the sciences. How do you yep. understand anything in the universe if you don't understand that God made it. 
and God is behind it. So how do you even understand what a good way to do law is, or to understand history, or to understand the beauty of creation through science? You understand it because you, everyone needs to understand theology in some way. So it informed the disciplines in the medieval world. In the modern world, we said, no, we can't have that because we've decided all of a sudden that we're autonomous. <coughs> we can cut ourselves off from God, yeah. and we can look at uh, reason as, a, as our, our domain. We have to think of it in relation to God. Reason is our gig, and we can just apply it to stuff around us without any mention of the mumbo-jumbo, they would say, of the fairy tales of religion. So let's look at it completely objectively, quote-unquote. Um, and, and that's caused all sorts of terrible ways of looking at the world. You've got so many yeah. people who are very well qualified in academia today, yeah. but they actually don't realise they've got a lens on. Even though their lens is to say, I'm not looking at this with a religious yeah. lens. It's like, you are yeah. looking at it with a lens, I'm yeah. afraid. My well, it's, it's the, moral, the, the lack of a moral foundation, exactly. I think. It's, it's, the, yeah. it's that, we've talked about this at length, Andy. We have. Um, but we have. Uh, yeah. one, one thing I've just noticed is, uh, is, a, is a Blackberry. Oh, is that? No, it's not a Blackberry, it's a Nokia. <laughs> To knock you. Oh, I thought it was a Blackberry. Well, there's um, a whole story here about the wow, fact that uh, Aaron is a sort of fairly low tech. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's, that's, uh, that's deliberately low tech. That, that's a, this is a theological choice, by the way. Okay, this right. This is theology in action. What, um, what is that? Can you just. So, so we have a whole episode on this on, on, right. on, on social media and our, our use. So, basically, so I'm deliberately low tech in the sense that um, I don't think it's a good thing for us to be hyper connected all the time. So I have to go online. Um, I have to, as David's now covering up his smartphone. Just covering my smartphone. You know, just, uh, you know. um, but I th obviously, I think, you know, I'm not judging the rest of the world who is or who does that. Everyone looks very guilty. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. right. But I do think there's some, some value in choosing to go online because you're, you're more fruitful and effective when you do that and you're, yeah. and you're not. And I, I know my own, if I did have a smartphone, I'd be on far more. My wife would say, you're talking as though you're. You're, you're perfect at this. Obviously, I have to go on a laptop and, and, and do my Twitter time or Facebook time and engage in the ways I do. And I feel like a calling to do that and to say the things that need to be said. And that's part of my calling to give Christianity an edge in my own sphere of influence yep. that I have. So I keep trying to encourage others to do that. And I think one of the ways, weirdly, mm. me going online is, is, is I'm able to do that with slightly more boldness because I've had a long time of being slightly more withdrawn from it. And that's a kind of, again, one of those... Um, mm. Historical missional things. You need to be able to exit the mission field in terms of what the precise, the kind of the fight, the fight, the battle, and then you need to know what your priorities are. Then you can go in. Whereas if you're hyper connected all the time, mm. these ideas are going to swash, swish by you. Instagram, mm. whatever it is, you've got, yeah. you're affected by everything yeah. all the time, and it's really, really difficult. So a lot of people leave yeah. Twitter because yeah. it's actually bad yes. for their soul, and I, I don't find that. I find it mm. because I'm not actually connected all the time. I can say, oh, oh someone hates me again today. Yeah. Fine, I'll just. It yeah. doesn't matter. It's not. It's not on my phone. So it's yeah. quite helpful. So, and this, anyway. this, which is interesting, and I think that actually ties. This, sometimes these conversations we have at Pod of the Gaps, you can we feel that we're kind of oh, rambling, right. but actually no. they all do tie together. Because I think also that our technological connection is probably another reason that's diluted us actually, because we are so we are so distracted, we are yeah. spread very very thin. And actually, I was reminded of this yesterday. I was at a conference in Oxford. And somebody mentioned in the conversation, you know, David, you're involved in the business world. Mm -hmm. Somebody mentioned this idea that's becoming quite big of, 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 of effective altruism, if you've mm -hmm. heard of this yep. kind of movement. And the idea is, um, you know, for those who are behind this, of going, you, if you've got money and means, and therefore you've got a, perhaps a duty to be altruistic and make a difference in the world, don't just randomly give to, to charities £5 here, £10 here. Sit down strategically yep. and think. And actually it works at a small scale too. If you've got £20 a month to give away, yeah. Think we well, as Christians think through prayerfully. How can I make a difference? How can yeah. I get really involved? How mm. can I decide where that can make an mm. actual strategic yeah. difference? Where I can see it. Yeah. And I can yeah, yeah, see yeah. it. Yeah. But again, you know, social media flings stuff at us, and, and I think the same can happen missionally, and we yeah. spread things. So I suppose because we want to have some time for Q and A. Yeah. 
What, let me finish one kind before, to interrupt your segue, the segue to the segue to the segue. Yeah, there's another thing. There's I a wanted to ask David a quick question. Then ask him a question. I'm, gonna finish I'm sure off. it'll be a good one. So, yeah, of course it would. We ask each we, other great questions. We, we need to like a good question. I know, exactly. So, but to finish, David's, David asked me a question. I didn't quite finish the thing earlier about oh, yeah. the, the academic thing. Then I wanted to ask him about his world. Bring it back to life. So, so the, the MA, the thing that, the, run, the course that I run the MA mission, I was just describing it earlier. The way we try to do that whole thing about how to how do you deal with these problems we're talking about in the academic world? And how do you get Christians to care about it when they just see all of the pointless meaninglessness in there that just cuts itself off? Um, and you meet many Christians who've gone through and done theology degrees and actually it's worse for them. They come out with a, a, a kind of ambiguous sense of who God is or they don't really believe scripture in the same way anymore. Uh, and, you know, there's all these problems of the idea of complexifying everything and they don't do mission anymore. So they, they get one over seduced again to use that term we used yeah. earlier mm. um, by a whole different way of, and then they become the kind of critics who sit on the back row and, and complain about every sermon complain about every decision in the church and so what we, I try to do is say how do we blend these together how do we get the best of complex, the complexity of God's world and God's word that we need to kind of delve deep in and we're never going to know everything there is to know at the same time as the action that we need to be taking so how can you put those together and do it with faith the kind of boldness that we've seen that actually set the church on fire uh, mm. around the world but the reason, I was just to finish off that segue to send mm. Quickly to David before we go to Q and A, or maybe Andy can. Let him. It was well, the thing before Q and A, but yeah. But I just want to ask how to work because you, you, you know, you, we talk about you as a, yeah. an entrepreneur, as mm-hmm. someone who's kind of you know creative. You've set up Cedarwood Festival. You've you know you, you're trying to clearly do some stuff in these mm-hmm. areas, and, you, and you're, you're launching different projects. How does mm-hmm. it work for you? What, what's your kind of vision for seeing uh, culture reach through the stuff you're doing? Well, so firstly, that's a great question. Thank you so much. Obviously, we, we like great it's like such a love yeah. fest, isn't it? Great, <laughs> question, sorry, great I mean, it would be good if we could swap seats, but anyway. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I'll, ask a, I'll ask a terrible question in a moment. Just I think one of the really the big things that I, I feel passionate about is, is being kind of, um, well, two things, in the world but not of the world. Mm. And then secondly, all things for all people. And um, yeah, with that, we've got to be very careful as to, we're not just agreeing with everyone. But it's that, it's that thing earlier I was saying about being able to relate to people, being able to get alongside people but being able to disagree well with them mm. and to have that conversation. So that's a lot of what I spend my time doing. Mm. I have a podcast as well called The Inside Story, um, and it would be great to have a, a conversation on there as well, guys. I mean, mm. We've got lots of fun fun people coming on there. And um, it, that that conversation is, is all about looking at life's big questions yeah. and looking at how do we how do we look at those in, in, in conversation rather than debate. So exactly what yeah. you guys are doing. It's not a fight. Mm. It's, yeah. a, it's a, we want to understand generally yeah. what other people think and we're not going to come out with a huge or we'll all agree perfectly yeah. at the end um, but it's actually something where we can actually move, take a step forward to understanding each other a bit better and how we come across yeah, yeah. so that's a, that's a huge thing it's, it's uh, the conversations being willing to have those conversations yeah. Yeah. Um, in terms of in terms of the, the kind of different projects that I'm involved in I mean a lot of them are intertwined so for example Bobby's that we set up that is one of the Kind of partners for Cedarwood yeah. and the, the people buying brownies um, actually impacts people in the world. Every brownie sold provides a meal for a child in education across the globe yeah. uh, through our charity partner Mary's Meals. So, so there's and then and then we have Cedarwood that can have Bobby's there. Cedarwood is a thing that hosts conversations like this, which can yeah. integrate and give platform for, mm. for other things. So everything is really about um, kingdom impact and community. Those are right. the three things that. Are, that all the, the the things that I like to work on, so um, it's all it's all got to have an a kingdom mindset. Okay, yeah. 
um, that all the projects have to have an impact in some respect. And how is that done? It's actually done through community, yeah. through people. Wonderful. And so that's a really important thing. And it's just a joy to see so many people. Yeah. I think we've had nearly 700 people come through for the very first year of Cedarwood and um, you know, give a platform to these kind of conversations yeah, yeah, that yeah. are obviously happening here, but yeah. going to be evergreen it's, it's, online as well. It's so. exciting to see seeing you in the pool earlier, baptizing those 14 people. I mean, you don't normally see that just at a, uh, a festival. As in, you don't see kind of baptisms that weren't planned, just kind of mm. coming up. And But I like what you said after, when, when you were in the pool with them, I was thinking, oh, some people would, would find this troubling because it's not linked to a local church. But you did really well. You, know, so you just you. did the thing afterwards. Look, this is really great. And to become a Christian and to give your life and you make sure that they know what yeah. that means. But then say, actually the local church is what it's all about. You need yeah. to get linked in there. We're not just going to come to a festival, yeah. have a lovely moment and send you off. Actually, yeah. really, it's kingdom and yeah. church and kingdom are together, aren't they? It's yeah. not like, oh, yeah. the kingdom stuff is out there and we leave the church. I mean, this is a gathering of multiple churches. We've yeah. got about 34 church partners that are linked with Cedarwood up to now and that's growing by the day. Yeah. Many people have been here and, and kind of test it for the first yeah. time with the hope the next year it'll be, Good. they'll be bringing the whole church. But mm. it's it's a huge, uh, it's that huge thing of you know when when in the Book of Acts we look at people when they were baptized that it wasn't a perfect setting with mm. you know incense and lovely hot water and stuff like that. It yeah. was right. Oh, is the temperature right? No. Okay. No health and safety. No. So in you actually, go. In you go. Right. This is a serious thing. You've yeah, made yeah. the decision. Let's make a commitment. Repent and crack on with your life yeah. and um, get connected. And we're in exactly the same situation. This is modern day. Mm, what yes. we're trying to live out the book Absolutely. of acts you know we're trying to be christ yeah. followers and actually doing that in a real living way yeah. and in this setting it involves yeah. going putting the gospel on the line and creating a place where people mm. can um get dunked and then connect to a church that is that is here and we, we have lots of churches that are um doing great stuff on a weekly basis and they, they people can be discipled mm. there wonderful so, so yeah. it's great you brought it back to the book of acts which is where we kind of began so the, the thing i just wanted to think about for a couple of minutes before we then thread open for i think this phone is probably from the book of acts it, it, it is it is it, it, it is, is that's it, right it's one this probably that's philip, philip used that's, that's right philip oh, yeah. this, this is a teleportation <laughs> device <laughs> I, I, I i absolutely love it yes can you imagine if we had the tweets of st paul yeah, oh, oh, I'm sure yeah. someone's that. Someone's no, they should be exactly. But um, ten thousand joined today. Ten thousand joined to join. LOL. LOL. And uh, yes, to bring it back to the Book of Acts, of course. So we, we've we've talked about the challenge. I think we've talked about perhaps some of the causes behind mm. perhaps you know Christians um, you know having perhaps the church having lost its edge a little bit. So I suppose that would be great just before we throw it over to Q and A. Talk about the solutions, really, rather than end on a kind of negative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I think there we've talked about something in terms of baptism, and I think one thing that for me that comes out of that is the need. And we saw this, I think, in the early church. We see it in many parts of the church in the world. Maybe the UK, here the church in the UK, has not always been as sharp at this. But when someone becomes a Christian, getting them out there straight away, because the, the missional edge and the evangelistic fervor and the fearlessness is often there at the beginning and gets eroded as you go. So I love the idea of actually, you know, once, you, once you've given your life to Christ, you're on the road, mate. You should be at that point. Yes. You should be, you know, you join the battle rather than now we're going to disciple you for five or six years. And then maybe, maybe you might be ready. Yeah. So one of those aspects of... Uh, yeah, I mean, this, the best discipleship is action, isn't it? That's yeah, and then the other thing as well that I was very struck by this morning, mm -hmm. it's about telling stories. Yeah. Um, you know, the more we hear stories of, of God at work, it gets people excited, yeah. right? Because I think sometimes there's this sort of sort of wider malaise sometimes in the church that creeps in that we think, you know, oh, evangelism's not possible. You know, maybe God's at work in, in Africa or China or Latin America, but this is the UK. But to yeah. get stories, that go, no, God is at work right here in your context. And that gets people fired up, doesn't it? And yeah. so I think getting people out quickly, getting them fired up. And then the last piece I'd add, but I'd love to get your folks input is figure out how to do community a little bit better 
because I, you know, I look back through church history. You know, mm. one of my sort of groups of heroes, the Clapham sect, right? When you had, you know, Wilberforce yeah, yeah. and that crowd, yeah. the way that the way they changed yeah. culture on not just on slavery, which is the famous one, but yeah. so many other things. Well, they yeah. didn't try and do it on their own. Yeah. And then to go, you know, so many of the great missionaries in history weren't on their own. They had, they were doing mission mission together with others, mm. and. And I think, you know, I look back to where I cut my teeth at the Speaker's Corner in London. One of the things that made it possible to stand on a ladder and engage with Muslims in quite a scary setting yeah, yeah. was there were 20 or 30 of us when every week we prayed together, yeah. worshipped together, had a little bit of training, yeah. went out, did a couple of hours at Speaker's Corner. It was often quite tough. Then we met together at Kentucky Fried Chicken, other fast food joints mm. are available. And we'd debrief, we'd tell the stories, we'd commiserate over the things that had gone badly wrong. We'd have a laugh together, we'd pray together. And you didn't feel that you were on your own. Yeah. But yeah. we've got a lot of the Christian yeah. Lone Rangers. Yeah, yeah. Totally. And I wonder about how do we find, how do we how do we just do community a bit better so that people can go, yeah, my workplace is a tough place, but yeah. I know I'm not doing yeah. this on my own. I, th- I think what we need, especially off the back of that, Andy, which is really helpful, I think we need good Christian brotherhood and sisterhood. And I think those are different things, and I won't elaborate on all of that now because we've done a whole episode on masculinity and we talked about different gender stuff on the, on the podcast at different times, but just a sense of brothers and sisters together on mission and I think after I had a guy I had a really good chat with a guy uh, talking about a new men's ministry idea we were wanting to start up saying actually when you go to church a lot of the time you get a lot of interaction with other Christians you might have people over for dinner you might do stuff but it's actually the real friendships that are forged that last are discipleship on mission friendships you need to be on mission with people skin in the game doing something that's costly and risky and challenging and seeing God move in those situations and that's where brotherhood is often really really forged if you look at that even goes beyond the church you think of how when people are bound together and and they really kind of look out for each other I play in a football team and it's like when you go through something together when you go through challenges and you you're together, you've got camaraderie, it's and you've got a common person. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. And we look at yeah. why, how the, you know, why, why was the early church so tight-knit? It's because yeah. they had that persecution. Yeah. And I think often, you know, there are different types of persecution, yeah. but, you know, we could do it a bit more. Yeah. Uh, in, in I'll the persecute UK. you later. But, yeah. Yeah. Sadly, yeah, cool. <laughs> He's been doing it this whole episode. This <laughs> anyway. He's been trying. Yeah, yeah, but exactly. The, uh, yeah. But yeah, I, t- I totally agree with you. I think the mm. final thing uh, I just wanted to kind of nail home is that where are we put in our identity? Yes. Yeah. Where, where are we, where yep. are we uh, actually going, okay, this is going to shape me. T- too much of people take one tweet and that shapes their whole life. Yeah. It's actually, well, actually, are you that fickle to yeah. allow one tweet or someone's one person's opinion to change your life? Yeah. There's very few people I let uh, speak directly into my life to actually change the, the way the ship's going. Yeah, yeah. And I think we need to be, we need to have a select group of people that we have do that on top of scripture yeah. obviously it's the wise, foundation yeah. Yeah, to, uh, yeah. to be able to have that counsel in our lives and not yeah. be swayed yes. and, uh, and be able to have those conversations so that's yeah. it's well, about yeah. knowing where we are knowing yeah, whose yeah, we yeah. are and um, standing facing culture very very full on you know, we're not shy people here we're supposed to face it full on and, and, um, and be able to be uh, communicate well with, with everyone so. yeah, yeah. hey man that's wonderful right. Right. well we've, we've kept you waiting a long time with your questions so, so many coming up I'm going to give you I'm going to chuck a Cliff College pen at you that I have a load here if you have a question, right? You've got oh. one for... Oh, no, you can no, give them back. Give me those pens back. You haven't earned those no, pens. No, no, no. It's you don't do salvation by grace here. Come on. This is... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's oh, not, yeah. deep, deep. Oh, <laughs> you heard no, it here no, first. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, Methodist. Uh, anyone... Uh, I'll repeat the question in case he doesn't come on the audience. So, yeah, let's go. Is it Serge? Yeah, so the question is this. Do you think the word Christian means the same thing today in the West as it did... First use in Ooh, I like that. So that's a good. Here you go, Serge from London. That's your that's your uh, pen for your question. So, so the question was, 
do we think the, the word Christian, the term Christian, actually means the same thing in our culture today as it does in the Book of Acts? Why don't I chuck that over to Andy? Will you kick us off for that one? I'll kick off on that. That's a great question, Serge. I, I, I think the simple answer is no. But let me unpack that a little bit. I mean, obviously, the first thing's interesting in the Book of Acts, of course. The input. It's not quite clear where that term is first used. It's first used in Antioch, but to go, was it an internal one? Is this the, or was it, was it the, the outsiders called these guys Christians? We're just told the disciples were first called Christians at, at, at Antioch. So it's quite fun to sort of observe that for the first... Reference point. Yeah, for the first few, you know, first sort of short while, of course, that Christianity seemed to be known as the way, um, which is interesting, and then gets the term Christian, gets attached to it. Today, I think the problem we have is we live, obviously, you know, it's a bit of a cliche to say it, but we do live in a post-Christian society. So I think if you grabbed the average man or woman in the street and said, what do you think Christian means, you would get a range of answers. Um, and in fact, C.S. Lewis, uh, you know, famously used an analogy from from medicine where he said, you know, in medicine, the way that, uh, that inoculation works is you expose the patient to a weak, watered-down version of the disease mm. and they build up immunity and you inoculate them. And he said, I just wonder whether we've done that with Christianity, that we've exposed mm. people to a weak, watered-down version of Christianity. We've successfully inoculated a culture, mm. culture against the gospel, in which case, of course, the point is the only way to overcome inoculation is to expose patients to a super-virulent form of the real thing. Mm. So we need to be super-virulent Christians, um, which may be not be a, a badge to you go in the post-COVID <laughs> age. Um, what I would you're updating your Twitter bio to that. What one. I would say, so I think there is, so I think Serge, you're right. What I would say though is there's a couple of responses there, aren't there? Well, there's three possibilities. One is to shrug our shoulders and go, there's not a lot we can do. The second is to throw the term Christian out and go, well, let's brand ourselves something else, call ourselves Jesus followers or something. And there may be something in that. I'm also a great believer in recapturing vocabulary. And so I've I've had I've enjoyed times I've had conversations with people and I've asked them. You know, when I, perhaps when I've said I'm a Christian, you can tell from the reaction this is not a word they're they're fond of. And then I've sort of said, what does the word Christian mean to you? And there's some negative connotations. I found it quite interesting just to go, look, I'm really sorry that that you've something or someone has given you impressions that's what Christians mean. And the very fact you're willing to leave with an apology, and then to say, well, let me tell you what I think Christians should mean. And um, so, and then you can do a bit of work recapturing the vocabulary. I'd, I'd prefer to see the church work harder at going, let's recapture it. Let's recapture that, that term. Because otherwise we spend ages trying to think of a better term or alternative terms. And it almost looks like we're apologising for the past. And I think there's a bit too much in our culture right now of let's constantly beat up on the past, apologise for the past, throw it out, rather than going, okay, let's recognise that there's a reason why some people take that word negatively. Don't run away from it. Talk about it if it's an apology, a confession, exactly. even personally. I had, a, I had a friend of mine um, who was in the workplace on, on one occasion and had made a bit of a horrendous mistake at, at, at work, caused a little bit of damage and was worried they damaged their witness. And then one day was talking to a friend at, at work and some of this was in the background and he just looked at his colleague and went, look, I'm really sorry for what happened when I did that. He said, not just because I, I hurt the team and I let you down, but I'm also upset that as I'm a Christian and I try and represent Jesus and I did a spectacularly bad job and I'm so sorry. And he said that apology actually opened the conversation up because yeah. his colleague went, well, just thank you for your honesty. Yeah. And then he followed up with, look, if ever you see me doing something again that you don't think aligns with what you understand Jesus to be, can you tell me? You have yeah. my permission to tell me because I want to follow Jesus more authentically and I know I'm going to screw it up. And he said that willingness, while his heart was beating 150 beats a minute and, yeah. you know, thinking, what am I doing? Actually was transformative. Yeah. So and run into it, don't run away from it. That's, and that's, that's, that's how you embody what that, the term was, which was little Christ, of course. So it's like yep. little, yes. those who are yep. 
like representing Christ in the world. And another term was used, of course, you'll know, sirs, I'm sure, is people of the way. So are we the ones who are literally living in the way of Christ, who is himself the way, the truth and the life? So yeah, great question. Any, any other, yeah, yeah. What's your name and where are you from? Yarrow. Gareth from? Yarrow, London. Yarrow? Yeah. Yarrow from London, excellent. Yeah. You get a pen. Oh, you get that a pen. was almost straight in the eye. That oh. was. And that's even, that's a pre-question pen. That's how much I'm yes. confident. I've got faith, wow. I've got prophetic faith for this question. Wow. Go for it, Yarrow. I just want to quickly follow up on what Andy said at the beginning. And the question is, what is your view on Christians, seeing Christians quiet about these controversial topics that we face these days being a result of our own incompetence our own lack of yes. uh, studying bible talking about this, having topics yes. discussions and also what is your solution to this problem oh hey okay oh, the question. Jeez, the question. about 30 seconds on that one yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so, so uh yeah yeah so yara's question was um what's the, your view on um Christians perhaps being reticent to speak into some of these controversial issues because they feel incompetent because they don't have the right training or mm. knowledge of the Bible or the answers. Well, let me say a couple of things and then you all have stuff to say and I'm sure David will. I think well, David, I think there's another factor. Sorry, it was Yarrow, wasn't it? Well, another factor, Yarrow, that feeds into that, I think is linked to the incompetence. I think for a long time on some of the big battlegrounds in culture, um, we've either thought, hey, if we just stick to the gospel and, and avoid this, we don't even need to talk about it. Or even we've thought, if we don't talk about it, it will, ignore, it will ignore us and it'll go away. In fact, I was speaking not so long ago, another major Christian festival. Um, there are other Christian festivals available. I've mentioned, I'm not going to mention which one. But why would you go to it on other than safety? <laughs> yeah. And what was interesting was I'd done a session for them on on sexuality and there'd been a little bit of controversy a few people had sort of raised some questions about stuff I'd, I'd said um, I, hadn't been, I hadn't been that controversial really but but there we are but one of the leaders said to me afterwards as we were debriefing on this she, she said you know for rather too long we at this event I think we thought we can just ignore these topics and we just don't talk about sexuality mm. if we just don't talk about gender if we don't just talk about these things we'll be okay and I don't think we live in that world anymore. And I looked at her and said, no, I don't think you do. And as somebody who's passionate about evangelism and the gospel, that's yeah. my prime concern. Yeah. But the fact is, the world has changed and we need to be talking about these things. Yeah. That's the first thing. The equipping thing is absolutely right. I think there's two things going on. I think the, the fear thing is driven by, uh, uh, there is that lack of confidence that if we get, if someone push, you know, we, we, like, we like to be liked, right? It's a natural human tendency to be liked. We don't want people to get upset with us. So we lean into, particularly in, in 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 British culture, where we are having this conversation, right? We lean into the kind of, well, I won't be offensive. I won't say anything and cause offence. But sometimes truth is going to. And then, as you say, I think some of it's that a lot of churches are not teaching on this issue. And I mean, I, I've sat, I don't know how many sermons you've sat through in your life. I've sat through you know, hundreds of sermons and some brilliant sermons. The church I used to attend in, in Scotland, for example, before we moved, you know, brilliant exegetical sermons. Yeah. But I can't think in six years of there ever being a sermon where the pastor went, okay, let's address integrity in the workplace. Yeah. Let's address money and how you spend your money. Let's address the transgender issue. How, how do we think about this? Let's address how we talk to our friends who are LGBT in a way that doesn't compromise truth, but equally is welcoming and loving. Nothing. But I can think of sermons that, you know, walk through the, the Greek subtext of, you know, Genesis chapter, John chapter three or something. Yeah. I'm like, well, that's lovely. But I think, so I think even in quite, quite conservative evangelical circles where the Bible is taught really well, sometimes we forget to connect it yeah. mm. and that's making that connection. Yeah. yeah, I'll say, say three things on that. One, yeah, I'll just keep it three, three points. Three points. Everything's three Can points. Can they all begin with the same letter? No, they're not, not, not on today. 
not to down <clears throat> the first thing is is um, people deserve an answer you know yep. people you know if you if anyone was to ask a question and, and I'll say this an honest answer people who um, you know if you're asked a question at work by your manager and it's about the area of work that you uh, you're doing you're not just going to lie to them you're not just going to shy away from the facts or I hope you won't anyway with someone with integrity you'd want to go oh um, maybe I don't know the answer right now but I'll come back to you or, yeah. or um, yeah, yeah. this is what I believe on that topic and I think you know if someone says oh are you a Man United fan what do you think of Ronaldo you're not going to shy away from what you tell them are you if that's your view mm-hmm. and I think it's so important that we actually give that kind of level of honesty to people in, in this area of these questions which has way more gravitas in questioning so obviously more sensitivity but an honest answer to people the second thing I would say is context is a lot of people I talk with, um, you know, we do a lot of online conversations and people just put these huge essay rants on the, on the comments and stuff. And I, I say to people, I'm not going to answer right there, but I'm very happy to discuss with you. Send me an email and happy to have a Zoom and, and talk. And I think some people just hate that. If people are willing to really grapple with a topic, then they'll be willing to, sure. uh, to actually have a proper conversation with you because I think there's so much vitriol yeah, online yeah. I don't know, I yeah, know yeah. you said you get death threats and, and hate <laughs> yeah. mail I uh, did I had someone trying to get me fired uh, but, after one but it's that kind of thing people deserve that yeah, yeah. and I think the final thing is 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 that classic um, line in 1 Peter 3 15 always be prepared to give a reason yes. that hopefully you have now it may not also always be an, a question of oh what is the exact reason you're a Christian right. but it may be it's something that I think applies to a lot of topics you know, what's the reason you believe, yeah, yeah. not just in Christ, but yeah. believe in this area of transgenderism, whatever. And if we don't know the answer, then it's, there's no harm in saying, oh, well, actually, I'll come back to you. And I think people I've spoken to, they really respect it. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I'm certainly not the fount in every topic. Um, we'll say that lightly. <laughs> um, but it's people like um, Andy, who's, you know, specific, done so much specific uh, study in, in Islam, you know, when I have yeah. questions about that, it's, it's great to use the people that you know yeah, yeah. Um, to dig deeper in those areas. And, yeah. and people really respect that. So I think that's a really... That's a few points on that question. And, and frankly, that there's there's no excuse to, to, for resources. We're not resourceless no, no. in the Western Church. You can go online and find short answers, long answers. You know, so Andy has lots of short answers on on loads of topics. You can find so many resources. You can look to people, as David said, who will actually guide you. Because sometimes it's overwhelming. Who? Do, what? Which website do I go on? Which yeah. YouTube videos are going to be worth my time? Which podcast? I mean, part of the gaps is your obvious answer to all of those. But but I, I think. Um, <laughs> It's, you do need guidance, and the Proverbs, um, the book of Proverbs, which we spend too little time studying as yep. evangelicals, one of the main points of the entirety of Proverbs is get wisdom. Yep. Get wisdom. Yep. Do whatever you can in life to get wisdom. Go and find how to respond to these th- to these answers, these challenges. So if you find yourself challenged, go, I don't know if I can say what I, want, what I believe, because I don't know how I could defend it. As, you know, as, as uh, David say. Give an authentic, honest answer. I don't know yet. I'm going to go and find out for you. And I'm going to go and do that. So I think that's a really important thing to keep hold of. Right. Next question. Your name, name, please, and location. Jordan from North Yorkshire. Jordan, North Yorkshire. We've got our first Northerner. Is this going to be a yeah. good Northern question for us? Right, okay. You had a pen. It's going to be a deep one, I think. Another prophetic pen. One. Probably not. Yes. Uh, just what Andy spoke about. Um, uh, I've read like a few what Bible reads in Bible reads missionaries. Great. I've done a little bit of mission myself, and it, it really encourages me fires me up when I hear them stories so it, it, would you say that as a church we need to kind of do something with that or it's an individual mm. thing for us to do yeah. or great okay so the question um, how, how do churches respond to the need that Andrew's mentioning earlier to um, think more about mission history and, and think about yeah. how we think about missionaries and their, and their legacies what do we do 
heroes. And heroes. And heroes especially. Well, it's great that you're asking about heroes and you're from Yorkshire, of course, because, um, you know, it's good to see... My, my, it's God's my, own country. God's own country. My grandfather was a, was a Yorkshireman. You've spent some time up here, haven't you? I have. And as somebody once said, you should never ask a man if he's from Yorkshire, because if he isn't, you will simply embarrass him deeply. And if he is, well, he'll tell you within 30 seconds anyway. Um, <laughs> Yeah, that's a great question. I think I think I'd say a couple. I say I say a few things. I think I think at all, at all, all those levels, actually, John. So starting as individuals, we can we can begin digging into those stories, and then when we come across great stories, share them with others. Be positive. As we talk to our friends at church, go, man, I just read this great biography of of you know whoever it is. Uh, and to go, you know, I just read the Amy Carmichael story, or I've just read, you know, Dietrich Bonhoeffer's story. It's just incredible. Have you heard this stuff? Because, you know, that's how culture spreads virally, right? We see a great TV show on Netflix. We tell our friends. Yeah. So do the same with Christian stuff. Yeah. Secondly, for those of us, you know, listening to this who've got kids, you can never be too young to start. Yeah. So for the, the really wee ones, there's a, um, there's a brilliant book by um, the, the, the 10 of those published uh, called uh, 50 People Every One Child Should Know. Or, or 10 Women Who've Changed the World. Well, I was thinking there's, there's a series the about 50 people every child should know. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then there's 10 women who changed, 10 girls who changed the world, 10 boys who changed the world. Yeah. There's all those kind of series for, for young ones. And the, um, the 50 People Every, every Child Should Know is amazing because it's literally, there's a single page on each, uh, on, on 50 different people through, through history, both men and women, summary of the story, the, 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 gra- the graphics, the, the artwork's really good. When they get a bit older, there's a husband and wife team at YWAM called Janet and Jeff Benje, B-E-N-G-E, who have this series uh, called Christian, Christian Heroes, yeah. uh, then and now. And that's phenomenal. Those are about 200, 250 pages, really fast-moving biographies. And what's great, basically, from the age of about eight or nine up, so adults enjoy those books. I read, you know, earlier this year, I read the, well, I'd never read the Eric Little story. I knew bits mm. of it, but mm. from, like, Chariots Fire. Mm. I read that. It's, like, fantastic. Yeah, yep. I, could, I read it two nights because it's fast-moving, it's easy, but you get the story. So I think you can do it as an adult, those resources, start mm. with kids. And then in the churches... I think for those of us in church leadership, find ways to sew it in. So if you are a pastor uh, listening to this, you know, use a story as part of your, you know, your sermon. Introduce it and tell the story. Um, if you're a small group leader, um, one of the things I've seen that's happened in the last year that's a brilliant resource, and you can share it with others. So Jay John, who I've mentioned before, is a, a friend of mine, really gift, gifted evangelist. He does a weekly email now where he, have, where he does a bio, yeah. short bio, of somebody yeah. from, from Christian yeah. history. And you can sign up for that. They're, they're wonderful. You read them in five minutes, but you get a summary of the story, you get excited, share those with others. So I think, yeah, I think start as an individual, talk, talk about it with others. Uh, if you've got kids, share it with your kids, your children, or your grandchildren. And then if you're in any form of church leadership, find ways to sew it into there. And, and if you've got a church bookstore, you know, make sure your church yeah, bookstore's yeah, yeah. got stuff yeah. on. If it hasn't, don't be negative, but one drop to the person running the bookstore and go, hey, could you get some like really good bios yeah, yeah. in here? Get because it's great. That's great stuff. Absolutely. Uh, funny enough, I mentioned the ones with our kids both read the same ones, don't they? That series. Who's that? Who's that? The YWAM series. Uh, the, the Benji. Yeah, uh, yeah, the Benji. Uh, 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 um, Jeff. Yeah. So I, I wrote a, a blog. I've got a blog called That Good Fight. And, and on it, I wrote an article recently called Fighting with Lions. Mm. I'm sure you, you read my blog. With I read your blog all the time. Every morning. I Whenever, I can't, your Whenever I can't sleep, actually. <laughs> <laughs> the last time you read his blog. Well, about three. three the other day, hours. I was like three o'clock in the morning. I couldn't sleep. I'd read out five okay. minutes of reading Aaron's blog. Problem solved. Clearly, that's what it is. Yeah. But what, the, 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 ten hours sleep. Well, right. but I, I, honestly, go, go and have a look at this article by called "Fighting with Lions." It has a long quote at the beginning, and this you will you won't believe it unless you read how long this quote is. My uh, at the time seven-year-old son had memorized an insanely long quote from a David Livingston biography, and I had I couldn't. We were literally my wife and I were in a long journey on the car, and he's just like. 
um, can I tell you can I tell you something that I've memorized and we were like okay we'd never heard him memorize anything before and he was literally the, the first like two pages of this and it was a really dramatic moment of David Livingston fighting with a lion wow. and I was like that's a young boy's heart kind of taken taken up and he's like and he, we didn't have to if we told him go and learn this stuff he wouldn't care but he's gripped by something of the mission and the Story. fight involved yeah. and it's really exciting so yeah. that inculcates something in people so you've got to live it you've got to share that passion and then people will get it I think that one other thing I'd say before you ask another question would be um, John Piper his, 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 the, the, the pastor who uh, started the Desiring God ministry in the States he every year for a long time did a, a, bio, a, a kind of almost a, bio, a biography sermon he did like an hour long talk they're all available online on the Desiring God website and he does takes an, a brilliant um, biography of a, of a great figure from church history and, and he just said he said this is easy for you to do he always encourages pastors to do it so just read a couple of biographies or books on the same person Think about the points that you're most excited and passionate about. Put together a talk. Say, I'm going to do a talk on David Livingston or Amy, uh, uh, you know, Amy Carmichael. Who people are going to be excited and come yeah, to that? It's yeah. not hard to do. Just yeah. read a couple of books and then put the things together that you're excited about. Bring that out. You could do that informally. You don't have to be the pastor of the church. Just I'm going to do this thing. Who wants to join me? And I think it's easier than you think to, yep, to gather yeah. that momentum. Right. Next question. I know we've probably got to close up some. Yes. One last question. One last question. You're the auctioneer, hey, really. Hey, 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 for the north. for a long one. I'll, I'll actually, you're going to say now then. Now then. Now then. Now then. I often ask this question. I haven't hey, spent a bit of time in, in okay. Yorkshire. So this is a question yeah. for each one of you. All right. I want to know what excites you about the challenges ahead. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. And your name was? Andy. Andy from Yorkshire again. Yeah, okay. You get your pen. Name. Right, David, let's, let's kick you off. From, yeah, from, oh, from North Yorkshire, sorry. Yeah, North, this Yorkshire. South Yorkshire nonsense. Yeah. So the question was, what excites the three of us? What excites us about the challenges ahead? Let's try and do as br yeah, brief I'll be, answers I'll be, than Andy's. I'll be rapid, you know. I'll start. Come on, David, you, Come on, David, you can I think technology is, the, the, the rapid rate that technology is moving and looking at how the fact that um, the gospel doesn't change, but the way we communicate it um, is a huge excitement to me. I'm a big fan of tech and lots of business different business ideas and um, through the pandemic even we, we uh, launched a church um, with about 150 people across the whole globe um, for 150 days and um, that was only possible because of Zoom and we, we utilized that and so well, that's now two years basically two years ago and there's new formats being developed all the time and so it's it's that use of technology that, that I'm really excited mm -hmm. by the, the gospel doesn't change but the way we communicate it does so mm -hmm. And that's why you want to take my BlackBerry phone and see how, how can you make this into well, I want to give that to someone in Africa yeah, and say, right. uh, use that and uh, yes. you um, can use something else. To that's it. Oh, there we go. Pass it, pass it on. Yeah. The, he, see, every time I see Aaron, it's, he's downgraded. So Cedarwood next year, if he comes, it'll be two tin cans of a bit of string. Probably. <laughs> like, um, um, what am I excited about? It's a great question, uh, Andy. I would say I'm excited about the fact that we live in this post-Christian age. We live in an increasingly... Um, increasingly pagan age where it's not that people believe nothing they believe anything there's all kinds of religious ideas sloshing around people are open to spirituality but don't know what to believe which to me looks increasingly like the world in which the church began the first century Greco-Roman world the world of the book of Acts the world in which uh, you know the, the, the gospel turned the Roman world upside down that was a world in which there was loads of spirituality everywhere it was sexually very licentious you know we think today is a very sexually liberated yeah, yeah. world nothing compared to the Roman world no. yeah. and then what we know we know the gospel works in that setting mm. because if you looked at the if you looked at the church just before the day of Pentecost 120 Christians hiding in an upstairs room with this 
bizarre idea about a crucified guy uh, and then everything was against them. You'd gone, okay, they're going to be gone by Christmas. Um, not, that we know what, not that the world knows what Christmas is yet. But you know what? In three centuries, they went from being 0.0001% of the Roman Empire to 51.2%. They changed the world upside down. We know the gospel has a track record because yeah. God is good. So I look at this and go, let's go get it. It's, this is an easier culture than one where it's all very sort of logical and, and scientific and you know the world of the new atheism yeah. from even 10 years ago. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's messy and it's going to be chaotic. But boy, what an opportunity. Yeah, boy, it's exciting. That's yeah. wonderful. Yeah, good good stuff. Yeah, I, I'd probably say, I mean, I've had to step out a lot in the last five years or so on certain issues and, and speaking out and getting in trouble about them and all sorts of things. And the more I read scripture, the more I'm praying about it and seeing the challenges. Actually, I get my views get more embarrassing year by year. <laughs> the more I read the Bible, I end up thinking, gosh, I was here. I think I'm going to have to move here. Sorry. I'm sorry again, I'm moving. And I'm like, and increasingly I, I get more excited by that because courage begets courage. So when I'm courageous and speak out, which is not easy, I, I get people messaging me saying, you've encouraged me yeah. to speak out, yeah. you've encouraged me. And that, that's what gets me most excited when I can encourage others. So yes, it's challenging. Yes, we're getting persecution. Yes, we're pro yes I might lose my job one day in some capacity, I don't know. But like, this is what's what Christianity is. Are we in this for the real thing? Are we in this for the long haul? Are we yeah. in this for like our personal you know temporary comfort so the courage aspect for me is the most exciting thing that we can it forces us to step out it forces us to reclaim what god's word is and to go with that boldness mm. that we're empowered by the gospel which has had it's got a lot of previous right the gospel has previous i, I like think. that and so it's i think there's another book title for you another book title that's there it, were yeah. two two book titles out of one, one chain. that's well. right so i, I think Brilliant. i mean i'd love us to ask more because we've probably been here for like this is probably our longest ever episode it must have been going over but oh. we probably ought to bring this little one uh three-seater three plane three into plane. land Exactly, somehow. exactly. Um, so it's been a wonderful uh, time. And thank you to our 100,000-ish uh, listeners on the hay bales here, which is wonderful. And, yeah, yeah, uh, look at that. Fantastic. Uh, and uh, thank you, of course, to David Stratton Downs. The host, for the, host for the most. Yeah, yeah and, well, it's been and, great to have you guys with us. It's wonderful. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, really fantastic. Been beautiful sunshine. And, it has uh, been. It's been amazing. Those, those, those who get a, a clip of yeah. the, uh, the video online will we'll uh, see all that. We'll see that. And, uh, it's been great. It's, it's been great to be with you, and we're excited for the rest of the festival. He's been David Stratton Downs. I've been Andy Bannister. This has been Aaron Edwards. We've been part of the gaps. Thanks for listening. Thanks. See you next time. Farewell. Yeah,